Welcome once again to Devotional. This is lesson number three for December 10. This uh, lesson is covering some basics and in regards to worship that are not so basic. The more I'm digging in, I'm realizing that there's there's more to be said in regards to worship. And yesterday, of course, we spent um, the bulk of the time looking at um, what it takes to have real worship. And forgiveness lies at the core, at the center of that experience of being forgiven and knowing that you have been forgiven. Um, we learned that if there's no love out of that experience of being forgiven, there will be no gratitude for that forgiveness. And without that foundation, there can be no true worship. I mean, why, why would you worship God, a God that has not saved you, a God that you have not experienced his salvation? That's the bare minimum. And of course, it, it grows from there for the many other things. Um, Psalms 103, I'm memorizing that, you know, and it, it tells us in the very opening to not forgive, forget all of his benefits. And the very first thing it mentions is the forgiveness of sins. And then it talks about healing, redemption, crowning, uh, rejuvenating. There's plenty of things that God does for us. That psalm gives us a reference. Uh, and the foundation, once again, is forgiveness. Uh, this lesson today is focusing on for, false worship. And I'm looking at this and I'm realizing I may not be able to cover everything and maintain this worship, this <laughs> worship, this podcast within uh, time reason, a reasonable time. And I may be able to, I'm happy to do a second part tomorrow or tag it along with tomorrow's lesson somehow. But let's begin, right? Um, false worship. That's something that Satan specializes in. And he has done that from the very beginning, Genesis chapter 4. Um, he wants false worship to be our experience. He is not being passive about it. He is extremely active in wanting you and I to engage in false worship. And the problem is that he, he can and he does make what is false to seem true, to feel true. And so we cannot simply go by our feelings or our uh, own understandings or capacities to think and say, oh, this, this, this sounds or this feels real um, because we, our senses really are extremely susceptible for being, being misled, being deceived. Um, and I, I would venture to say, that this is his default plan A. Deception, as far as worship, uh, presenting us a worship that would appeal to other things, not necessarily bad things, but things that will steer us away from what true genuine worship is. And we've already, I don't think it's uh, bad to repeat it, it's based on forgiveness, it's based on salvation. That's the foundation of worship. And Satan will try to steer it in other areas that are not necessarily bad themselves, but pursuing those uh, that path will lead us far away from having true worship or experiencing true worship but his plan a is deception he through smoke screens and like i like i'm going to be labeling for this podcast misplaced focus that i think is satan's preferred method of getting us to worship falsely to fall to worship in a false way it's not just that we worship something that is false but we ourselves can be worshiping in a false way. I'm thinking, you know, as, a, as an evangelist, pastor, Bible worker, um, one of the things that I just I saw the brilliancy of the enemy is how, in regards to like the Antichrist, as an example, uh, he has for centuries created and developed and, and guided individuals 
to place for the whole Christian world in general, for the most part, the evangelical world, um, is looking for the Antichrist uh, at Jerusalem and in the future. Most of the most of the Protestant um, denominations, the evangelical denominations, uh, are looking at Jerusalem and into the future. They're hoping to identify or looking to identify the Antichrist. When the Bible points actually to Europe and the past, present and future, but you know it begins in the past. But yet the whole world, Satan has gotten the whole world to have a misplaced focus, and you cannot find what you should be looking at. When your focus is somewhere else, uh, I've missed things. You know, when, whenever I would be trying to take pictures of my little girls doing something really cool or really cute, um, something would take my mind off or my eyes off. You know, it, they, where did I park or is this thing safe or whatever? And just that one second of looking away, boom, I missed the picture because of misplaced focus. Um, so there is misplaced focus on worship um, that produces false worship. Uh, worship that is misled um, and um, I'm gonna get right into it one of the biggest elements let's let's speak frankly right one of the biggest elements that divides us over what we label as worship is music and that in itself is a mislabel music is not worship music is a tool for worship it's an express a form of expressing our worship and it doesn't just express worship to God Music is used for, you look at all the religions in the world. Music plays a core part, core element. I want you to pause and think for a second. What is usually actually being worshipped is the music, not the God the music is supposed to be for. Think about what I've just said. In, in, in my experience, as I've sat with people on one side, one opinion and the other opinion, it actually divides us, right? We have worship as is a form of division and fragmentation when actually worship should be the, the, the one fulcrum that should be dividing us. Your personal experience of salvation and my personal experience of salvation, as we express it, should unite us in worshiping the same God. Because it's the same God that has saved both of us. It, it makes total sense to me. Yet we have conferences and divisions and churches and ethnic groups and all these other fragmented ways of saying well you guys worship that way and uh, it's not the right way and we worship this way and it's the right way and really what we're saying is most of the time is speaking about music music it's, it's a hot potato isn't it but that's why I'm starting there and I'm asking I'm asking a question that I'm hoping praying you will think about because I was confronted with this question when I would get into debates and arguments over music in regards to worship. What is it, right? Which is there a correct one? Um, let's start, even before we even get there, let's start at the basics and I think that the, the important focus. Let us not get our focus misplaced somewhere else because it, it will, we will not be able to get good answers, true answers, biblical answers. Worship is not for us. That's like the, the, the foundation of how we should, you should answer that question. The first thing is you, need, you and I need to understand, accept, embrace the reality, the idea that worship is not for you, not for me, not for us. It is not something we produce for ourselves. Remember that story that we used about um, or we looked at 
from Luke chapter 7 about the, the woman that was caught in adultery, Mary Magdalene. She bought an expensive bottle of perfume, right? She didn't spray herself with it. She didn't dab a little bit and put it on herself. She bought that alabaster flask with that very exp expensive nard perfume and poured all of it on Jesus. The Psalms are about all about God. The focus is on God. Worship is for God. You need to start there. Worship is something that we bring to Him, not something that I produce for me. And the reason we are fighting most of the time is because we have been misplaced. Our focus has been misplaced somewhere else. And what we're fighting over is preferences, personal preferences. Listen, my friend, my brother, my sister, if you're fighting over worship, chances are you're fighting over what you want worship to be for you. And worship's not for you. Worship is for God. We fight over, you know, music, really. That's the, the issue that divides us. Now, because we're worshiping styles, genres of music, um, what we have become familiar with or what we feel distances us from that which, which is in our past. Um, regardless of all those things, just think about your personal answer to the question, what's your favorite music? And when it comes to church, religious music, What's your favorite hymn? Do you have a favorite hymn? Do you have a favorite praise praise song? I'm not asking about style or genre. We're not even getting to that. And we probably won't get into it. What I want, I want us to look at the deeper components of worship. And if we can get to the core, then I believe that all of these divisions and fragmentations that we experience can diminish, can be at least minimized, decreased. Have you thought of what your favorite hymn is? Have you thought of what your favorite praise song is? Have you thought of, do you, th do you have one in mind right now? This is my other question. Why? Why is that hymn your favorite hymn? Why is that praise song or worship song, whatever you want to call it, why is that your favorite song? I want you to answer without analyzing too much. There's a chance that you might begin your answer with the words, because it makes me feel. Because when I hear that song, it makes me feel. And the moment we begin there, the focus is me. It makes me feel. For me, those that language is indicative that um, it's the music that is provoking in me feelings, emotions, desires, etc., um, worship is always a response. We looked at that yesterday. Music is the response or one of the ways that we respond. So music should not be the one, the element providing me the experience that only God can. Music doesn't save you. Music has not died on the cross for you. Music has not forgiven and cleansed your sins. Why are you worshiping music? Why are you fighting over music? You are misplaced, you're focused, and the experience you may call worship is false. You know, let's put it in a context of, well, the Bible speaks of this illustration, right? Marriage, Jesus is compared to a husband, and the church is compared to the wife. 
And me as the husband, you know, I'll have a romantic dinner. My wife and I are planning to go on vacation pretty soon. And by God's grace, we're going to be with my in-laws. I'm praying for a date, at least one. <laughs> Pray for us. At least one date with my wife and I. And imagine that, you know, I, I, I know she likes certain songs. You know, there are other artists that she likes. Um, uh, if I want to, you know, have a romantic date with my wife, I would not be, you know, playing um, once to every man and nation, right? Him <laughs> in the background or uh, anything like that. There's romance, right? And I know some of the songs that she likes. Now imagine that I really like this one song, right? And I, and I put it on as we are about to eat our, I don't know, pizza? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we would have. Um, whatever it is, the food, right? And the ambiance is right. And I want to put the song... And my wife's like, oh, I shh, honey, shh, shh, I, I want to hear this song. And my wife's like, oh, but honey, remember, and you played it, and oh, but honey, shh, 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 I, I want to hear this song. Oh, this part right here, I love this part right here. I love, I hope you're getting what I'm trying to say. Here I am in front of my wife, and I'm playing a song that is supposed to be for her, but I'm focusing on the song, not her. And I believe that this is why we fight so much personally right i think this is the reason why we have fragmentations of worship because we have misplaced our focus and our worship is false because we're worshiping music not the god the music is is directing us to the music and the lyrics may be speaking about god may be directing you know but we're not thinking about that it's the music that i'm worshiping you i mean ask yourself Ask yourself and ask the Lord, Lord, is this true? Is, does this apply to me? It certainly did to me. When my friends that like Christian rap, when my friends that like Christian gospel, when my friends that like Christian bluegrass or whatever, or just hymns or the, the you know old hymns, the traditional hymns only, when they would get into squabbles over this, it dawned on me, why am I getting so uptight? Why am I getting so upset? Because someone's taking my idol. That's why. Someone is taking what makes me feel good. But you know, a song will be pointless and useless in helping you with temptation. Only God can save you from temptation. I used to think that if I listened to Christian music, the, the devil couldn't get me. And music certainly plays a, a role, but only in the, in the in a form of tool of expressing gratitude. Only as a tool for worshiping God, not God. Music will never save you from temptation. Music will never forgive your sins. Music will never lead you to repentance. Music, when focused on God, can. When you are expressing, I mean, the Psalms are music. And in the Psalms, you have a expressions of repentance and remorse and, and a happiness and elation. But is an expression to God. The song is not the focus. The song is not the center of it. I believe that, you know, we fall into this trap, myself included, when we come to church and we, we want the church to sing, to sing at the top of their lungs, to sing at the top, you know, with their hearts. You, you can have the, the, a paid, a, you know, highly paid professional band or uh, singers or, you know, people that specialize. You name the genre, hymns, strictly hymns or praise songs, whatever, you name the genre. You may have the best of whatever's out there in regards to that genre of music, but it will not guarantee that the church will sing at the top of their lungs 
with their hearts. They may be able to produce a momentary emotion. They may be able to provoke and evoke from the church a momentary, ah, but chances are it's because they're playing songs that, as a whole, in general, that church, that congregation resonates with. And therefore, there is, oh, it reminds me of, you know, my childhood church. Oh, I remember growing up with this song. But not about God. A church that has experienced the grace of God, that is experiencing the grace of God. A church that is committed in growing in their knowledge of God through Scripture and worships him throughout the week at a personal level. You don't need professional musicians up front to make that church sing. Listen, martyrs sang while they were being burnt alive. They didn't need someone up front that could sing. They didn't need to have their genre being played in order for them to say, oh, I'm going to join in worship. You and I, have a misplaced focus and I have much more to say but we're going to stop right there I want to leave these thoughts in your mind for you to examine yourself what if Satan has led me has led you to have a misplaced focus and we're missing the point altogether and in the process we're not worshiping God tomorrow we're going to study about the first angel's message and there's one key central word a command, an invitation um, in that first angel's message, and it is to worship God. We need to evaluate what we are worshiping or who we are worshiping. I pray that you will take what this podcast is presenting to you because it's real, and this is not just unique to Adventism or even with genres. I remember I was in um, Columbus, Ohio, and then New Jersey. I heard the same story. Um, there's a song, a praise song, entitled, I'm Coming Back to the Heart of Worship. And you may have heard of it. It's a beautiful song, um, beautiful orchestration, beautiful lyrics, yeah, very honest. But I didn't know the history behind that song. And when I heard the history, the song made even that much more sense. And it speaks precisely to what this podcast, this episode, has been focused in on, focusing on. It was a non-Adventist, um, I think it was a non-denominational church that um, had a professional band and very well-loved, and people would flock to church to hear the band. And the band produced great songs and very talented. But the pastor realized the church is coming to hear the band, not God. The church in general as a whole, most, the majority, are coming to worship humans that's false worship so you know what this pastor did he confronted the church with this and he said the band's not going to play i can't remember how long maybe a month there's going to be a fast of singing and i can't remember if there was no singing for that period of time or that the church was simply going to sing themselves or gradually go up to that point and he did an entire series on what worship was that's what the whole song is called. And if you remember some of the lyrics, it highlights, you know, you don't want a song. You want my heart. So for me, I, I, I ask the Lord, Lord, I don't want to put the cart in front of the horse. I don't want to depend on music or a genre or my favorites in order for feel that, to feel that I am worshiping you. That misses the point. And actually it's dangerous. 
I can think that I am worshiping you when in reality I am not because I have not been pursuing that which alone will lead me to worship you. A refresh remembrance, a new experience of your salvation in areas of my life that still need redemption, that still need transformation. That will produce and uh, create in me a gratitude that deepens and broadens and extends higher and higher so that it doesn't matter what song it is, if it's an old hymn, a gospel song, whatever expresses gratitude and praise to you, I'm there because the experience has been had with you, of your salvation. So what is your worship focused on? I pray that you will listen to this and spend some time in prayer and decide, Lord, I need to focus on worshiping you and not music.